Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. Uh, uh, Going to be a great show as always, but um, it's a pretty important episode. Number 52. We've been at this a year now. It is unbelievable to, to understand where the time went. 52 episodes with some of the world's greatest real estate technology innovators, thought leaders. Uh, and I will tell you, we have had a blast over the last year. Um, we have talked with some of the brightest people, talked about some of the most exciting projects. And most importantly, we, we've kept the conversation going weekly. In addition to our webinars and our in-person events, this allows us each and every week to identify what's going on, important topics, and bring them to you uh, to keep the conversation going. Um, so another thing I'd like to do uh, before we get started with this week's episode is talk a little bit about our upcoming event, Realcom and IBCon. The last time we had a major event uh, with big crowds was in Nashville in 2019, about 2,500 people from around the world. We then went to a hybrid event in Denver last year with only 40 people in the room and about uh, 1,000, 1,200 people online where we started to learn about the hybrid. But this time uh, we are back in person, smaller event uh, by design. However, the exhibit floor is sold out. We've got waiting lists, people wanting to get in, but we wanted to keep it small and a little bit more intimate this year. We picked a stunning resort in Arizona um, that is going to promote health and wellness in these times of COVID. We are going to have uh, on Sunday uh, a health and wellness day. We're actually encouraging people to come out early, uh, get in the surf pool, uh, do a round of golf. We got yoga, all sorts of other stuff, a nutrition class. Then we go right into our pre-con events, um, which we are going to be talking about one of them today. And then we start with a general session, which we're going to be announcing next week. Some incredible speakers, um, thought leaders, big projects, big ideas on the uh, confluence of real estate and technology. And then, of course, uh, the program, second to none, deep, wide, some of the best speakers in the world on the most cutting edge topics. And we are excited uh, to have everybody out in uh, Scottsdale with us and hopefully look forward to seeing you there as well. All right. So with that, let me bring on my three guests today. Steve Lefkowitz, Lachlan McClurry and Tom Shirkland. Steve is VP of Global Real Estate Operations at Warner Media. Lachlan is SVP of Real Estate Management at Epic Investment Services. And Tom is co-founder of Intelligent Buildings a friend of Realcom for, gosh, must be over 10, 12 years now. These two guys, not to take anything away from you, Tom, but Lachlan and Steve are legends, okay? Uh, Lachlan, Lachlan coming out of Toronto, Canada, which I think is one of the most digital, uh, forward-thinking real estate communities in the world, and Steve coming out of Manhattan, where he single-handedly, single-handedly brought innovation to one of the most iconic buildings in New York City. I know your team helped you out a little bit, Steve, but... Uh, I've been watching your passion. I've been watching your passion and vision for a number of years now. And, and I know and understand the driving force that both you and Lachlan were. And of course, they all started uh, their part of their journey with Mr. Shercliffe in a, in a room at Realcom and IBCon called the uh, in a, Intelligent Building Smart Building Bootcamp. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Uh, Thank Tom, you. how about you give a little overview of how we conceived of the bootcamp all those years ago, what was the goals and how do two great guys like this end up showing up in that room? Well, Jim, it was, uh, it, first of all, you're right about their legendary status. Uh, um, uh, but I will tell you what, what they did very similarly, even though they approached the whole thing differently, is that they were really there to take in information uh, about technology, about methodology, uh, about the workflow, about the stakeholder alignment. I mean, uh, I, I can remember they're very accomplished and they didn't need a whole lot, but they were really there to, to look at, to open up the aperture 
Um, and just, just what was slightly different, but equally impressive is Steve was obviously building a million and a half square foot iconic building and making that the template for all smart buildings, but also his portfolio. And Lachlan was taking more of an existing global portfolio and applying a strategy across the portfolio. So a little bit different approaches or situations, but really impressive. And the other thing that, um, that, uh, that they were uh, really taking in and, and contributing to as well is the, uh, I just mentioned the organizational alignment. So with Steve building such an intense, uh, large uh, single property, he will tell you, he spent a lot of time dealing with IT department issues. How are all these things gonna connect? How are we gonna work together culturally and technically and so forth? And whereas Lachlan was uh, organizational uh, stakeholder approach was more with asset managers, property managers, development managers, and how this would be incorporated across the portfolio. So. Um, I tell you, it was just it was just really inspiring to see them there, both trying to re recognizing the importance of what they were doing and taking in all different kinds of information, particularly on the stakeholder piece. Right. So let's Steve, let's start with you. Um, I mean, a career in big buildings, facilities, Manhattan, no, no higher profile um, started out, uh, I would assume, in humble beginnings uh, in the early parts of your career. And then all of a sudden you you find yourself with this new project seven buildings needed to be consolidated into one and you were determined to make it smart so give us a little snapshot of that journey yeah it actually goes back 39 years when we first started and we were talking about it earlier having a little piece of tissue paper hanging off the diffuser to see if it was blowing or not so we've, we've come a long way from from that point uh but to, to tell a quickly high level story we um at the time we're Warner Media, at the time we're, we're Time Warner, we had seven buildings in Manhattan, uh, over two and a half million square feet of property that were about to come to term on their leases. So we had a real estate strategy we, we developed over 10 years ago to consolidate that real estate, shrink our footprint by over a million square feet. Um, that resulted in a partnership with related Hudson Yards, where we were able to really build a building within a building. They've, they've got a two and a half million square foot tower at 30 Hudson Yards um, on the west side of Manhattan. And we were able to carve out the center of it and take a 1.4 million square foot bucket, um, build that building within a building. So we were in control of our electrical mechanical life safety systems and weren't relying on uh, real estate property management and so forth to keep our mission critical businesses up and running like CNN and HBO and 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 so forth so it was an interesting um, it was an interesting e evolution to get there so you know the edict that I had uh, from my boss back at the 10 years ago was you your job as the real estate guy is to make sure we don't move into an obsolete building in 10 years from those seven years from then at that point and who knew what that was I mean the, the, the there was a buzzword out there called smart buildings uh, there was really um, no roadmap of how to get there. Um, I was fortunate to be in an organization where I really had a clean slate, I guess different than Lachlan's story, because it was sort of a clean canvas to, to start with. Um, but we had to make sure we had all the right pieces in place. So we basically pulled together our lieutenants. We went to one of the first, to the earlier Realcoms back, Realcom, IBComs back in, um, uh, almost, oh, I guess it was almost 10 years ago, maybe not nine years ago. We brought, I brought my lieutenants. We walked around. There was a big convention. <laughs> wow, like, what's going on here? No, you know, there, there, we got you back. Yeah. Go ahead. We had one guy that was doing graphics and went over and said, what do you know? I'm working on a smart building, but he had no idea what an air conditioner was. And another guy was at another booth crunching data. And, oh, what are you doing? I'm crunching data. But he didn't know what he was crunching it for. So we were just walking around. There was so many interesting pieces, but didn't know how to put it together. And we happened to stumble on what I 
called at the time was a little lemonade stand that Tom was running, you know, at Intelligent Buildings. And basically, we asked the gentleman at the booth, like, what do you do? And he goes, well, I help you glue it all together. And all of a sudden, boom, it, it, it clicked. And then uh, that began our, our long journey with Intelligent Buildings. It, it, it culminated in us, yes, many of my team members attending those, those boot camp sessions so we can understand all the foundational elements in order to be able to build uh, what, what, was, what is now an iconic uh, smart building. Lachlan, how about you? I mean, as Tom mentioned, you know, Oxford had a large portfolio. You guys were interested in not just one building, but a whole portfolio, which meant even wider organizational change. Uh, give us a little synopsis of your journey. Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Jim. So I really started my journey with SMART as a result of a development we were pursuing at Oxford, and we were actively pursuing a tenant um, you might know as Cisco. Uh, and uh, we were starting to hear some noise about the smart concept as as uh, as uh, you mentioned, and I began uh, that an active engagement. And so I went to boot camp, I think in 2012, and I remember listening to a speaker, Ryan Alva, yep. at the time, and, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, there's a lot of things I don't actually know. And so I, I sat through the, uh, the boot camp and attended the conference, and within about two days of that, I put together a vision for Smart and Connected, a vision for Oxford, and I was I was pretty pumped obviously with some reservations and and i remember looking back on the show floor and touring the touring the show floor and thinking to myself it's like it was a bit overwhelming a bit like being in a candy store and not knowing what i wanted or needed or where i wanted to start and so i convinced my colleagues to do a study with uh with cisco and cisco brought in intelligent buildings as a sub consultant and i remember you know that beginning journey and, and all the things that boot camp did for me what i didn't know um, seeing that early movement for SMART unfold, uh, allowing me to begin and develop a sense of an early vision. And because we have both an existing and a, uh, and a development portfolio, I had to think about both how it applied to our existing portfolio and how do we start thinking about standards and visions for, for what we build. And so um, that was the beginning of my journey and the beginning with Bootcamp in particular. So, I mean, we've had, I mean, those two organizations at the time, Time Warner and Oxford, massive organizations, big brands. And, and the boot camp has seen quite a number of large organizations, Fortune 50, Fortune 100 type companies. Sometimes folks in those kind of companies are a little apprehensive to sit in rooms and admit they don't know everything, right? <laughs> and, and, and it sometimes is a little overwhelming to your point, but sometimes I believe it is that fear that keeps people away from getting into the 21st century because they're so overwhelmed they don't even want to take the first step, which might be sitting in a room with other people and learning the basics. Any of you guys want to speak to what what compelled you to finally say, I need to learn about this and I don't care if I don't know anything, I'm going for it. We didn't have a choice. I think, you know, we were we were beginning, you know, we were we were both a, an owner and a developer and uh, um, often on our own behalf and our co-owner behalf. And we, we had to start thinking about technology. You know, we were predominantly thinking about future proofing. and. And you can't unknow something once you begin to know something. And I remember going to boot camp and, and having early conversations with Cisco about the, the role of technology and supporting, you know, what buildings could do for customers and tenants. And we just had to start. And, and I must admit, going into the going into the conference, I went in with some trepidation. And and you know, was I was I behind the eight ball? Was I so far behind I couldn't catch up? And and that was my early feeling. Because the, the 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 conversation in the room, albeit at boot camp or an Ibicon, was occurring as if it had been happening for a decade before, and in fact, Jim, it had been, as you as you know. Uh, and but for us, we had to figure out 
what do we need to know? What do we need to act on? And um, now was the right time to do it. Right. So, Steve, how about you? I mean, Time Warner, you know, big company name, Warner Media. What possessed you to go sit in that room? Look, I, I think it was the edict to say that we had a long-term strategy that we had to build a building that was going to take us seven years to transfer transition all these people to, to to this new environment. But, but I think generally speaking, the the key here is um, you know finding individuals that are ready to champion this concept that really believe that it would be irresponsible today and it is irresponsible in my personal opinion to construct a building or or retrofit a building without first looking at it through a smart building lens to determine what works best for you so developing champions i would encourage those who are listening today you know don't be afraid to lean in be bold be, you know be, be ready to to, to to bring this new stuff to your organization the bean counters probably above your pay scale that have to pay for this don't really understand it so they really rely on the teams of experts below them to bring that business case to bring that return on the investment I, unfortunately unfortunately when i first did it it really wasn't about what is today this workplace experience and all that other stuff it was it was true return on investment how much was it going to cost us to build? How much are we, were we going to save in operational expenses? How, how efficient were we going to be? Were we going to be able to extend the life cycles of our equipment, be more proactive versus reactive in terms of building maintenance? Uh, all those components, I, I think if I had to tie it back to the boot camp, it was integral in helping us build a business case to justify the cost to make this happen. Even though it was, it is left pocket, right pocket. We could talk for hours about the kind of savings there are in terms of individual backbones and, and wireless technologies and things like that versus spending money on capital infrastructure. But the people funding these kind of projects didn't get it at the time. This is brand new. It's, it, it's kind of out of the gate. So yeah, uh, again, I don't think that there's any other way to kind of build a building today. I think the real challenge, though, is because there are so many thousands now of vendors out there that say we're smart. We have a smart thing. We have. How do you go through it all? How do you you need a process to be able to decide what belongs in your toolkit? And that's really about, you know, must have, nice to have and cool to have is how we kind of looked at it and then decided which ones, which vendors we would entertain to include in our solution. Jim, I want to take a break, for you, but I think Tom had something. Go, Tom. Yeah, I'm just going to follow up to say, just play off what both of them said, is that the promise of boot camp is uh, technology basic, so it's very approachable. Nobody should have any, any concern about that, but it's not basic on real estate and business value propositions. So you can tell these guys are business leaders. Uh, they just they were looking for some of the technology basics. They knew about the business and real estate value, as you could clearly hear. And the other thing that they took from that, as you also heard, was leadership. I mean, Lachlan said there was some trepidation, which means he had to push push people a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And and the same with Steve. Uh, so uh, once we the boot camp can give you the basics and the business value, then it's really leadership that gets things going. Because as you can tell, it's stewardship. Also, it's yeah. environmental, it's financial, it's stakeholders, occupant safety. Uh, so I think these guys really uh, manifest uh, took that took that to their organization. So we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, what we're going to talk about is um, I'm going to ask the guys give me a couple features on what makes a building smart uh, from their perspective, since they've got some experience, and then we're going to go right in, and Tom's going to give us a little overview on what we can expect. Um, I believe it's the 10th annual boot camp that we've been putting on with the help of Intelligent Building. So with that, let's hear from one of our sponsors, and um, we will be right back. Today, workplace leaders like you are in a tough spot. You're facing tension between managing real estate costs, ensuring employee well-being, and finding ways to make sure everyone has the right space for the right activities. Your decisions can be make or break. 
At Locati, we want to help you get the insights you need for those decisions. So we built a solution that can take data from your existing infrastructure and give you a clear picture of your portfolio, buildings, floors, and spaces. With views of workplace occupancy, ways to gain efficiency, and places to cut costs, you can make workplaces serve your people better, ensuring both productivity and cost savings. Plus, Locati needs nearly no setup time to deliver insights fast without extra maintenance expenses. In over 60 countries, companies are already using Locati to make the right decisions backed by numbers and confidence. Join them today and know you're making all the right moves. One of our newest uh, Realcom Live sponsors. Really appreciate the support. All right, so let's bring the guys back. And um, what I want to do is get to the bottom of, you know, we could talk about this for days. What are the features, the functions of a smart building? But I'm going to go back to that fun story, Steve, with your automated mouse trap, right, where <laughs> you were going to use technology to catch the mice in these, in these huge buildings. Uh, you know, obviously, that's a, that's a, a very unique uh, application. But let's start with Lachlan. Lachlan, you know, you walk into a smart building versus a traditional building. Give me one or two things why it's different and you'll know it the minute you walk in the door. I think the, the main difference in a smart building is, is sort of a holistic connection or an integration of, of systems, um, sensors, um, information and, and action. So if a building can do a variety of things when you walk in, it can sense you, it can, it can uh, track you, it can communicate with the operators that you're moving through at the lobby or the security desk, and then it can actually trigger some action. That's what a smart building is. Those three things, buildings have things, they have insight and they have action. They all come together. You may or may not always see it in the building. Um, you know, you might think to yourself as you look at a screen and, and it responds to you as an individual user and it gives you a special specific message, that's, that's smart. But there really is a connection of things, of things, insights and actions that allow that to happen. So I think you don't really, you, you may not sense it per se, Jim, it has to just occur. Right, exactly, yeah, it's smart. <laughs> it's smart. intuitive. intuitive. Steve, how about you? I mean, you know, you've got a lot of experience and now the building's done. What's yeah, I, I think I think the key here is this is the, you know, breaking down of the silos of individual systems. When you construct a building, you have electrical systems, mechanical systems, uh, life safety systems, and many other tools throughout the building. But they've always worked as independent entities. What's, what's changed in the new world is that you integrate all this into one common backbone, bring all the data that's coming out of all of these tools to one location, to one smart brain, and then you could wrap it with intelligent software to be able to, to develop actionable tasks from the building. So, so we've reached the point, we're close to it, where the building actually tells us what it needs when it needs it. And, and again, I'm only talking from a from an operation, you know, real estate, physical infrastructure perspective. We haven't even touched yet on what the workplace employee experience is, is all about, which is really which is re really where the industry has morphed to. Well, and it's going to I believe it's going to go there even more post covid where we Agreed. truly look at the integration of brick and mortar and virtual experiences where they just become ubiquitous and you're walking down a hall and you're talking to people. They just happen to be in the building. Right. Right. And and I think we're at the infancy of that. So Tom, give us a, a couple minute overview. Who comes to boot camp, and what are they going to learn when they sit down and and go through one of our uh, our curriculums? Yeah, sure. So we see a wide variety of folks, Jim, from uh, development managers to investment managers, asset managers, uh, 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 fee developers, property managers, really 
anybody that has a, a significant role or stake in, in the direction of a building or a portfolio. And uh, like we said earlier, we cover both some technology and business aspects. And I'll just walk you through briefly the agenda. It starts out with the smart building basics. Some of the things that Lachlan and Steve were just talking about. How do you get these attributes of scalability, flexibility, interoperability? Uh, then we layer on what are some use cases now that you have that what in terms of business and real estate terms, how can you start thinking about this? Not in technology terms, but in, in real estate outcomes. Um, then uh, we, we go a little bit into the IT aspects, big data and analytics, these kind of, and, and even digital twin. We try to take these big, important topics that sometimes are cliche or nobody knows really what they are okay, and assign a real meaning to them. What do you mean digital twin? What do I do with that? It's cool to hear. Uh, and same thing with data and analytics. And then uh, technically we wrap that in with cybersecurity because we all know that that's kind of a table stakes issue. And uh, then the, finally we build off a couple of things, occupant experience and hybrid work because that is a, a critically important topic of the day along with pandemic impact of the use cases. And finally, we're gonna we'll leave you with, the, with some hard value propositions about ESG, cost structure, uh, attraction and retention. And, and then the thing we send you out the door with is what to do with all that information as you approach RealCom and IDCom on the floor. Okay. So don't just yeah. do what Steve said and go door to door just looking at technology. Have it framed so you can really use the conference as best you can. Yeah, and, and the, the great thing, too, I mean, if over the last 10 years I'm you know, averaging 50 person, 50 people per year. I know sometimes it's, it's well over 100, but, you know, anywhere between 500, 750 and possibly even 1,000 people have gone through this boot camp over the last 10 years. And, and it doesn't answer all the questions, but it's like building a building. I believe it's setting a foundation, you know, of which you can raise the steel and, and, and put in you know, all the improvements. Um, and, and I just want to say thank you to you and all the intelligent building people who participate in this. You know, you, you've been the chair now for 10 years and you guys kind of run it. And, uh, and real common, I'd be kind of appreciate you bringing all that energy and focus uh, into our event. It's been, it's been great. So, all right, guys, we're going to run out of time as I knew we will, but I want to get one question um, answered. We talked earlier as we were prepping that, you know, out of 10 real estate organizations still 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, only one out of 10 will really take a smart building journey serious. Okay. Which is a little disappointing after I've devoted my whole career to this, <laughs> um, but we are making progress. Lachlan, what do we need to do to get that number to two out of 10? Well, I think you have to get, uh, I think people have to start um, listening to what the marketplace is saying, which is, you know, technology is a means to accomplish something. And, and I think that we have to continue to do the uh, engagement that occurs out of boot camps. We have to continue to uh, engage with our customers uh, who, whom are just beginning this journey at a, probably at a slower pace than, than, our, than the landlords. And we have to find ways to uh, talk about what things, what smart buildings accomplish and drive as opposed to focusing on a technology for technology's sake. And so changing that conversation, uh, embracing the value proposition and giving people gateways to find ways to jump in, whether it be, you know, capital replacement of systems or uh, vacancy of space, as you might find out of the COVID environment today, or even just tackling inefficiencies of systems. People have to know when they can jump on. And, and Steve, I'm going to frame it a little different from you. You're in a room with 10 of your peers, guys you've grown up with the last 39 years. You all do the same thing. You just put in 12 hours. You're at the bar, you're having a beer. They're nine out of 10, you're the one out of 10. Who do you go for and what do you say to them to get them to come over and start taking this serious? <laughs> you pay them. No, um, <laughs> um, 
Look, I, I think this is really about, you know, finding folks out there that are young, up and coming, excited about what the future that technology brings and us folks being able to empower them with the information they need to bring back to their organizations. I remember when we first did one of our early advisory committees and you sent out a questionnaire and we, we had to answer questions. We sat around a big, big table and that was that was one of one of those questions. And it was really about, you know, we need to help people build business cases. They don't know all the elements because, again, like I said earlier, the folks that they need the funding from are not necessarily plugged into it. So we as the leaders in this technology of the, I'll call it the industrial real estate in industry, when it comes to technology, we need to empower these folks that are up and coming. These are the key elements of a return on investment. And then we're going to be able to drive this machine because everything else is, is going to fall into place. So, I don't so know what the answer is to that, but there, there is a magic template out there somewhere that kind of lists all the key elements. And, and, and so here's what I would ask a favor of you guys. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you just keep chipping away at it. And, we, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we did not have Oxford represented or Time Warner represented Warner Media and Microsoft and Google and all these major corporations that are doing wonderful things and all the, the REITs. Um, but it is still a one at a time. So if I would ask you, when we're done with this this um, Realcom Live episode, it takes us a little bit of time to get it streamed up to up to YouTube. But maybe tomorrow morning, if you take five minutes, think of one of those people, Steve, those young people. Each of you, the three of you, if you could send the link to this um, Realcom Live to one person each and say, God, I, I, I like you. I, I see where your career is going. Watch this half hour and gain a little insight from some older people who've been at this for a while. Maybe we just keep doing it one at a time until it catches that wave. So, yeah. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much. We are out of time. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. And it's always great to see you. And thank you for not just today, but for the commitment to this to this journey and, and our messaging over the last 10, 15, in some cases, 20 years. So thank Great. you very much. Thanks, Jim. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, be well. No. All right, thank so you. with that, let's bring on Howard Berger to give us uh, a little bit of update on what the heck is going on in real estate technology news this week and all the stories that uh, come flying across our desk. He does a nice job of trying to condense it and make it easy for us to understand. All right, oh, thanks, there you go, Jim. Howard. Uh, thanks, Jim, and, and, and thank you, Tom, Steve, Locke, truly three of the most significant smart building pioneers in our industry. Uh, and it's really appropriate to have you all with us on our one-year anniversary. What a great show. Uh, so as Jim mentioned, each week we highlight a couple of stories from our weekly news briefing that comes out every Thursday about 11 a.m. Pacific. And our lead article comes from our own Tina, Tina Danielson at Realcom. It's about four very creative, innovative smart buildings and districts that are going to be highlighted as part of our Smart Building Best Practice Showcase at Realcom on November 3rd in Scottsdale. And the projects are Vinhomes Techno, uh, Techno Park Tower it's in Hanoi. It's a smart office tower, part of Vietnam's newest, most technologically advanced smart city, Ocean Park. Uh, the second project, Fifth and Dinwiddie Project in Pittsburgh Echo Innovation Dif District. Now this is a passive house design mixed use project that's gonna reduce energy consumption by 70% over traditional methods. And the third, 88 Fulton by Thor Equities, probably Chicago's smartest building. And the fourth is Grand Central Mimico, very smart, sustainable master plan community in Ontario, Canada. Now they're leveraging tech for every, from everything from smart home functionality, transportation, smart integrated buildings, management and, secure, and security services. Now these are just a few of the many projects that are gonna be showcased at Realcom this year. So. Uh, don't miss our Smart Building Best Practice Showcase. 
Next, a shout out to this week's tech partner, uh, RimLogics. Uh, and in this article, uh, they take a critical look at how digital transformation has inspired a rethink of how commercial real estate organizations approach enterprise architecture and application technology. And they point out that companies uh, that adopted digitization prior to 2020 were in a much better position to cope with the pandemic challenges. And they cite a few examples of how Red Roof Hotels, Walmart, Starbucks, and Rolls-Royce re-engineered their technology and processes and were able to pivot quickly when agility was really required. Now, a lot of this agility was attrib uh, attributed to their enterprise technology stack, which gave them the ability to continuously innovate and stay within a well-defined cost structure. So it's a great article. Thank you, Donnie and Kaylee. Uh, and a shout out to our second tech partner, Join Digital. Now, in this article, Charles Stuckey addresses the challenge of navigating hybrid work and the return to office and the need to adapt space to this new model. So occupiers, they want more flexibility, easier access to health, safety-focused amenities like gyms, food, gyms, food, drink, as well as all the data on cleaning protocols and cues for food, coffee, et cetera. And all these depend on a solid network infrastructure. And that starts with a strong converged network foundation. With that, landlords can, now, can then make it easy for occupiers to move into more flexible spaces by offering services like internet, cloud access, and more on day one, which is exactly what Joy and Digital offers. Finally, uh, excuse me, uh, piggybacking on office and workplace. Uh, we've gotten a clear message from the industry that pre-pandemic open office designs just don't work as well as we thought they were going to. In 2019, Harvard Business Review tracked both face-to-face -face and digital interactions at the headquarters of two Fortune 500 companies and found that face-to-face -face interactions actually dropped by about 70% after open offices were implemented while online interactions increased. The result? An unhappy workforce, increased sick days, overall lack of productivity. So how do you make sure your next office configuration doesn't fail? Well, it's not rocket science. There's some specific approaches to space planning that really create the, the types of dynamic places that companies and employers are seeking. Now, I'm not gonna spoil the plot, but I do encourage you to read the article for some very important tips on workplace design strategy. I am way out of time today. That's it for me. Uh, so check our weekly briefing and uh, I will see you all next week. You know, Howard, before you go, that last article, um, there's one thing that we've been on the digital transformation journey for a long, long time, 20, 25 years, as it relates to the real estate industry. COVID threw gasoline on it and accelerated. I think, you know, all the themes of all the articles that I'm getting out of your weekly news brief over the last, you know, half a year are that there is no doubt that, that the office and the mall are going to be different after this COVID thing. And, and there's also no doubt that technology is going to play a major role in creating the workplaces, the shopping places of the future. It's going to be brick and mortar and technology. Uh, and I think, you know, every week you bring more and more articles to the table that say this. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the real estate industry uh, reacts. So. Oh, I agree. I mean, you're shooting in the dark without having technology that can actually give you metrics about how your space is being operated. And, uh, and I think if nothing else, the, the industries and the technology naysayers are coming around to understand that that is well, essential. Yeah, and I know we're going to go over a little bit, but I, I just want to ask you this question. In the last 30 days, I've been witnessing the uh, new additions of features to platforms like Teams, okay, and I'm, I'm sure Zoom as well. These people are working 24 hours a day 
to make the experience on these little screens we deal with every day, the virtual environment, the features they're adding to this are creating some incredibly compelling collaboration environments, right? My yeah. question to the real estate industry is what are you doing on the physical side? When people do come back to the office, are they coming back to the same cube farms? Are they coming back to immersive environments? Are they coming, what kind? So if the tech industry is working 24 hours a day, you know, to create, to improve this environment, what is the built environment doing to, and, and that's some of the things we're gonna be talking about at Real Common IBCon, and we're gonna be asking some hard questions, frankly. I, I mean, we're, we're I, in my opinion, we're still kind of in the beginning of that learning process. Uh, and there are going to be, uh, we're, I mean, we're in a giant laboratory, a giant experiment right now. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to get a lot of data. Um, well, we're going to be announcing our opening session this next week. And we have got some of the top real commercial real estate organizations on the planet going to be part of the conversation. We got a major, major corporate tech giant who's going to talk about their digital transformation of their uh, portfolio and their campus. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to these conversations. And like I said, we're going to be asking some tough questions, some uncomfortable questions, but I think they need to be asked. And they're not just going to happen in the session rooms and in the general session room. Those conversations, I think some probably some of the most cogent ones are going to be happening in the hallways and at the coffee, at the coffee shops, and in the bars. Uh, the golf yeah. course. <laughs> golf course, yeah. 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 All so. right, well, Howard, thank you for a great job today and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, so before I wrap the show, let's hear from our final sponsor and I will be right back uh, at you. All right, thanks to RumLogix for that. All right, so next week, uh, a great, great show. Again, we're gonna have John Gilbert, a longtime part of the Realcom community, Rude Management, Justin Siegel, Boxer Properties, one of the most innovative guys in the industry, and Sarah Schenk, from PGIM, and what they're going to be talking about is the CEO, COO, CAO summit that we hold at Realcom each year. And basically, this is where the senior level executives get in a room together before the conference and talk about tech at a high level, at a strategic level, not necessarily the bits and the bites, but the big issues. You know, what does the office look like? How much space? What technology do we need? You know, what's the tech team need to look like? And and John and and Justin have been leading this conversation. For a good number of years and we're glad to have sarah uh, on board with us as well and so next week is really going to be focused on business strategic issues on how technology impacts the built environment and we are really excited to have those three with us and talk about uh, what we can expect at the conference at the coo ceo cao summit so with that i hope you all have a great weekend and we will see you next week uh, show 53 and with that you all be well <laughs>